Hello, and welcome to a special episode of For Your Reconsideration. I'm Devin. And I'm Kyle. And today we are talking again about Oscars past, but just this past weekend. The 93rd Academy Awards, which were on Sunday. We're just going to recap a little bit our thoughts on the ceremony, on who won, who didn't win. Um, And yeah, we're just going to talk about the Oscars, because that's what we like to do here on For Your Reconsideration. Sure is, Devin. So um, we're going to talk just like general thoughts on the ceremony first. And obviously uh, talking about this, I think like the big the big story came at the end of the award show. So I might as well just talk about that up front a little bit first. Um, the producers this year decided instead of like every other every 92 other award <laughs> ceremony that the Oscars have had, instead of having a best picture be the last category, they had it third to last. And then saved Best Actor for the last award. Clearly thinking that Chadwick Boseman was going to win it. Which then he did not. Anthony Hopkins won. And Anthony Hopkins was not staying up till 4 a.m. in Wales to uh, accept it via Zoom. <laughs> so uh, so the ceremony just kind of ended. And so it was a really weird uh, note to go out on. Uh, because it kind of just ended. The show just kind of... Uh, yeah stopped definitely just came to a screeching halt yeah so i don't know what are your thoughts on that kyle <laughs> really you're just setting me up to i'm not talking about anthony hopkins winning over tag was i'm just saying the decision to not end with best picture ah the decision to not, it was a it was a poor one it was a roll of the dice it's you know that's mm-hmm. <laughs> you know already so much had to change about this ceremony that then do you actually have to fuck with the structure too? Like See, what's yeah. great with it being like, sure. I know what they were going for. I get it. But what's great with the best picture regardless is there's so many people on stage. There's so much happiness. It ends with like a lot of, you know, going on. And mm-hmm. um, even if Chadwick Boseman, what are we, are we going there yet? Oh, uh, we don't have to, if you don't want to. Well, we can say I mean, so, you can talk about it too, if you want to. Well, it's just like, even if he had one and they had whatever kind of celebration, like, I don't know what their plan was, but I also it's kind of just like a downer ending. Like they yeah. could have had the celebration third to last or you know second to last or whatever. It doesn't matter, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to end with the big party kind of award. Right. And end with Francis McDormand howling on the stage, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it was a big gamble uh, that ultimately didn't pay off. Yeah, you and- can't. We have no way of knowing if it would have even paid off had it gone the way they expected it to go, you know? For sure. No, for sure. But uh, it's certainly... And also, I think that this moment was also a good... I am pro the Oscars having a host. And I think that this was a good <laughs> example. Like, had there been a host... Like, you think back to um, the whole Moonlight, La La Land debacle. And after that all happened, which was also a very weird vibe to end the night on... You know, Jimmy Kimmel, as the host, kind of came out and smoothed things over as best as things could be smoothed over. And he did a good job at that. And in this case, there was no one to really do that. It was just Joaquin Phoenix being like, oh, well, bye. So They should have got what Lil Del Rey. What's his name? (laughs) Lil Rel Howard. (laughs) Wow, I was way off. (laughs) Uh, Sorry about that. But uh, yeah, they should have had him, you know, quickly improvise something. Well, they clearly know what they're doing. I heard somewhere, but I don't know if it's been verified, that Olivia Coleman was supposed to do... Uh, a speech for anthony hopkins if he won but for whatever reason that didn't happen obviously so oh i don't know i don't know but 
I mean, and even that, it's sort of been a weird note to end on. But Olivia Coleman been better was good th- at speeches, so I'm sure. sure fine, but it would have but... been better than we'll accept this on his behalf. Good night, everybody. Right. Like. And also, what do you think about the decision? Again, through most Oscar ceremonies, and even through the supporting categories this year, they have the previous year's winner, like best actor, usually gives mm-hmm. it to yeah, the best actor. Sure. And this year, they had actress give to actress and actor give to actor. Do you think if they were planning for this moment for Chadwick Boseman, if that was the idea they had, why they thought Joaquin Phoenix would be better to do it than Renee Zellweger? Like, why would they switch that? When earlier in the evening, you know, Brad Pitt gave it for supporting actress and uh, Laura Dern did supporting actress. So they did it that way earlier. But for some reason, like, why do you think they switched it? I don't think that was a strategy. I think that was just because I've seen it plenty of times before where it's the best actor giving to the best actor and the best actress giving to the best actor. I feel like usually they do it the other way, though. I don't know if that's necessarily true. They might switch it sometimes just for fun. I also felt, you know, they were doing this thing where, like, uh, the presenters kind of said nice things about all the different nominees. Mm Mm-hmm. And Joaquin Phoenix did not do that. (laughs) One, Joaquin Phoenix went out there and was like, this is what they wanted me to talk about. I'm not going to. These are the nominees. Yeah. Which was also like a weird thing for the final category. (laughs) Sure. I mean, it's a weird thing to give best actor to someone who doesn't believe in the Oscars. So, you know, like. (laughs) Joaquin Phoenix? Oh, yeah. He's gone on many times. Weird, because I remember him accepting his Oscar when they gave it to him. Oh, for sure. Okay. Oh, for sure. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, you got your public opinion, you got your true ego. You know what I mean? It's like balancing the two. Yeah, but I mean, Until like a even a few years ago, their Oscar, I don't believe they're bullshit that they don't agree with them. Yeah. So, but I mean, even a few years ago, they would do the thing where like the best actress would have like all five nominees and they would say something about them, and then like it was a celebration of like them mm-hmm. together. So it's just like I'm not saying like I think it's, I think it's like pretty much they just borrowed and slightly adapted stuff they have done definitely previously. So I think they were just like messing with things just to mess with them. Like there were enough things that had to change with the ceremony due to COVID due to like the year that we've had. Mm-hmm. And then some things they were just changing because they could, because they wanted to change things. Mm-hmm. This is going a little negative. What do you, let's talk about some things. Wait, that are we, you saying like you didn't like that they had to say things about the actors? No, I like that. that. I just think there are other things that they did with the structure that I don't think was necessary. I think they were just doing so basically what I think Steven Soderbergh is quoted, I think it was before, like long before he ever even was going to produce this, um, talking about the Oscars. And he was just saying how um, boring a night it is for the people in the auditorium. Yes. And he prefers kind of like the like critics awards circles type deals where you're at small tables and it's yeah. a dinner. And that's a vibe he likes more than what the Oscars usually is. And so this just felt like he created the Oscars that he wanted that I'm sure was a nice experience for the people in the room where they were shuffling in and out from that nice like deck area and then coming Mm -hmm. in was our category. And I think it was good for them. I don't think it was a good experience for people watching at home. I don't think that the producers took into consideration what the viewing experience was going to be. It was very much like a for them, not for us feel to the whole night. Sure. Because you would have wanted more clips. Yeah. Well, I think for me, like, I think a major benefit of the Oscars is that it introduces people to movies that maybe they haven't seen. And especially this year, where it's a lot of smaller movies. <laughs> a lot of movies they haven't seen. Well, yeah. I think a lot of people, I mean, more people watch a movie once it's been nominated for an Oscar. Sure. But I think one of the benefits of the Oscars is you see these movies, you learn about what they're about. You see clips from them, even ones that aren't, you know, just yeah, opportunity yeah. for acting, the shorts, like whatever. 
and then you're like oh that looks cool and especially like so much of it is available now especially this year like literally 100%. it's all available yeah and this year it was literally if you they showed no clips unless it was a feature so like animated feature documentary feature and best picture an international feature those were the only things they showed clips for and so if you didn't know what they were talking about there's nothing to get excited about there's nothing to like drive you to want to yeah. go watch anything and it's like that's because they didn't even show clips for the actors right no like the performances no that's crazy it's like I know. such a missed opportunity right if you really want to be celebrating the nominees which i feel like was what they were trying to do show their work when you're talking about the nominees for best score play some, some of the song. score underneath yeah. it like or like when they we hear the screenplays too right when you see the costumes and the makeup mm-hmm. and yes. the hair yeah yeah and the visual effects like the cinematography right i mean like, it's just i think that they were trying to cut down on time but i think the things that they did to cut down on time hurt uh, the show yeah it didn't make it a good experience for people watching at home cutting the musical numbers cutting clips yeah it just gave for like a very low-key cutting the musical numbers i was a fan of though during the show i think you were too right you mentioned it i liked it in theory just because like most of the time i find songs nominated for best song to be like really dull and so it's not really like very fun because it's just a bunch of ballads being sung Mm mm-hmm but the musical numbers, which were in the pre-show, I think were good. And I think, I don't know, I just think it would have injected a little bit of life into the ceremony. Sure. But I mean, I and I, and I do agree, but I also think clips would have injected some life into the ceremony. I think, I think yeah. other things could have injected some life into the ceremony. A host could have injected life into the ceremony. <laughs> yes. But like, I'm fine. Because again, it's a roll of the dice. You don't know what music you're going to get. And you're right. Typically, it's like, there's like one jam right maybe one popular song mm-hmm. right and the rest is just kind of like well well here's a performance and then commercial break again you know it's right. it really does halt the show for sure um, yeah and it's not like the songs that were nominated this year weren't they were a lot of just you know like generic movie songs over credits that were nominated you know so yeah. <laughs> that is true there was no frozen or no but i will say in the pre-show the performance by her which ended up which she ended up winning was really good. That was a great performance. Yeah. I like the idea of, I like the idea of pre-recording a really cool performance and mm-hmm. not having to worry about, you know, the stage set up at, at the Dolby theater or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's union station, but um, yeah. Or even cutting live to it. I don't know, whatever, but yeah, if they just like, cause I mean, they did most of the performances besides the one in Husavik, um, on the roof of the new Academy museum, which is a very mm-hmm. cool space. So I think that they could have cut to that. And they, I mean, for future ones, I can cut to that. They don't have to do it at the Dolby or wherever they're at. Anyway, we have certainly been very negative. Yeah, let's talk about things we liked. What is something you liked about the ceremony? The opening shot. Yes. Sorry to sound. Uh... Oh, there's one thing I wanted to say about Soderbergh really quick. Yeah. But I forgot what it was now. So. Okay. Let's just forget I just said that. Sounds good. Hold on. You <laughs> go back to what you were saying. I'll try to think of it. Um, I was just agreeing with you. The opening shot was fantastic. That was when I was most excited. Like, at the beginning, I was most excited about it. But, like, you know, Steven Soderbergh promised us this was going to feel like a movie. Yeah. And with that opening shot, Regina King just strutting her way through Union Station with the, like... Live, too, yeah. Yeah, retro font. Yeah. I was like, hell yes, this is a movie I want to see. Yeah. And I'm excited. 
Um, and then the rest of the night didn't feel like a movie to me. I felt no, like it didn't. an award show. <laughs> it didn't. There was some like awkward angles too. Like I saw what they were going for. They definitely used like a more cinematic camera than they typically yes. do in like the theater. But like, yeah, it didn't. It didn't really like do anything special after that move. No. After that move, but oh no, that's what I was gonna say. One thing I was gonna say is, do you remember when? Um, sorry to kind of interrupt the slow, but do you remember when? Uh, Francis McDormand said something about karaoke. Yeah. They were supposed to have karaoke during the commercial breaks. Oh. But they couldn't figure out logistically how to do it with like microphones and all that stuff safely. You know what I mean? They didn't want to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But that's one. Th- so she was excited about that, but it didn't happen. So it so would have been fun. That's why she said. Yeah, it would have it been fun. Well, and here, because here's the thing. Like you have a room full of, you know, award worthy entertainers mm-hmm. sitting there. Yeah. Put them to work to give us an entertaining show. Yeah, for sure. I think when they did that little like uh, Oscars trivia segment, which was way too late into the show for them to do something like that, um, that did inject some life into it, even though the Glenn Close thing, I think, was clearly pre-planned and maybe the whole thing was pre-planned. I don't know. But like getting them to interact with them and like mm-hmm. that was fun. You know, if there had been more of that, yeah, it would have been more entertaining. For sure. But yeah, I enjoyed the opening um, segment. I also, I was kind of on the fence with it at the time, but the more I think about it, I really appreciate the not cutting people off, like not playing people off the stage with their speeches. Mm -hmm. I think that that, like, yes, some people that you don't care about will go on for too long. You don't have to word, you don't have to word it like that. Well, I just mean people you don't know. You don't know who they are. But those are the people who, this is their one opportunity to get up on the stage and thank their parents. So like. They're going to do it, and that's fine. And I think you look at, like, with um, Thomas Vinterberg winning for uh, Best International Feature, and he he had a very long speech, but ultimately at the end he got to talking about losing his daughter at the beginning of production, and I think he had to work his way up to talking about that. Yes, And I think it turned into, like, one of the best speeches of the night. Oh, 100%. And if they played him off after 30 seconds, we wouldn't have gotten Plus, he was just so giddy. I love seeing people that are happy to get an award. Yeah. (coughs) Francis. Uh, but you know, it was just, it was really wonderful. And then to just kind of tell that story, it's almost like he wasn't going to, Mm -hmm. but he mentioned that thing about maths and then it's just like, well, here I am Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go. And God, that was probably my highlight of the night, honestly. Yeah. It was good. See another round folks. Yes. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about that you liked, didn't like about the same? Are you done with stuff you liked? Again, we went for like 10 minutes of negativity, and you're like, I liked that. They didn't cut off speeches. I'm not very. No one else did, Devin. I mean, I did like, I did like, again, in in theory, the idea of like giving us fun facts about the nominees and like, Mm -hmm. um, but it got a little repetitive as the night went on. It was like, oh, here's more facts about people. Like, I don't, okay, I want clips, you know, so I don't know, but. You know what we should have? We don't need a host. Commentators. We need live commentary by like someone like relevant of the year. Mm-hmm. And then they just give us the fun facts as they're walking up to the stage. Like, <laughs> well, I guess they do they that do, do that. Yeah, yeah, they do do that. They, I think they do it like every year. Yeah. They'll be, but usually it's just like, <laughs> this, this is, is their Brad first nominated yeah. Oscar. Yeah. He's yeah, been yeah, nominated yeah, 17 times. Like, but whatever. if they were like more fun, you're right. That, that could be kind of cool. Didn't they? Do, I think, was it like at the Independent Spirit Awards, I think, where they did like a joke one one yeah. year? They just said like random things. Yeah. What's his name? Did it? The guy from like Reno 911 and he's a screenwriter too. I can't think of his yeah. name. Yeah. Tom. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, 
I don't know. I just think that it needs to. Like, it need, it still needs work. You know, you'd think after 93 years, they would have it nailed down by now, but they don't. And if I can just get one other, speaking of just like it needing work, mm-hmm. did you see the numbers of viewers that night? I did not. Is it bad? Devin. Well, like 20 years ago, you're looking at like 60 million sure. viewers. Mm-hmm. All right. Last year, you're looking at one of its all time lows, like 23 million. Okay. 9.8. okay so here's another thing they start like this going with the order of things they started the night with original screenplay and then like international feature or whatever and i've heard that they did that because they had a lot of um foreign nominees Mm -hmm. in those categories and they didn't want those people to have to stay up too late well that's cute that is cute, but that Why means it was like... Cute? <laughs> That's cute. That's so cute. Why would I say that? <laughs> I don't know, but it's I went along cute. with it. It's not cute. It's nice, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is nice, again, for the people in the room. But that means we were good like half an hour into the ceremony before like a recognizable person won an award and gave a speech about his parents having sex. You named so, two categories and you're saying now we're a half hour into the show? We were probably a good, yeah, like 20, 25 minutes in before wow. Danny Kluwa won, yeah. Okay, fair enough. You know what I mean? Sure. So I just think, like, if you're just flipping through, like, oh, I'll check out the Oscars for a minute, and then you've got, you know, some British lady you've never heard of rambling on, you're like, well, I don't care about this, and then you change the channel, you know? It's not going to bring viewers in. <laughs> Were you just referring to Emerald Fennell as, Fennell as a <laughs> random British lady? I like it. Yeah, if you're, if you're a person who you've doesn't really care turned about the Oscars, that's what she, I love her, and I thought <laughs> she had one of the best speeches of the night. But I'm just kidding. I'm just saying that <laughs> as, a, as a casual viewer... We're not casual Oscar viewers. We don't have the same experience. Maybe I don't think. People. Apparently, no one's a casual Oscar viewer this year. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, and again, there weren't those big like blockbuster. And that can't be international numbers, right? That's just got to be like U.S., right? Yeah, I would imagine. But China also did block at least a portion, if not all, of the ceremony. I believe. I thought they just blocked when Chloe Zhao. Did they just block when Chloe Zhao? So. Okay. Rude. I don't want to speak for the Chinese government, but uh, I don't know. I don't know all about that, so I don't want to speak on it. But sure. so I don't know. But oh, for sure. <laughs> um. So yeah, I just think that again they went with. I don't think that Steven Soderbergh was concerned with people watching it. So I mean, you can't be like. I, I mean, I'll be fair. Like you're you're making these suggestions about you know not seeing a recognizable face, but like, I mean, I guess that is a game to play. But like, it's not the most important game this year. When just trying to get a show on the air, you know, like they were doing the best they could with certain things. I mean, I agree with you, though. But I also like I miss having a host and a big opening number or like, right. you know, my, that's where you get people in. You know what I was thinking about? You remember say. when Billy Crystal used to do his. Yes. Op- like people those were the best t- openings. That's why people to. Well, no, I'm just Billy Crystal hosting was a reason for people to watch yes. back in the day. Not having a host is really detrimental to that. If you can't have somebody that brings people in, I mean, that's why the last one they went with, they like they wanted Kevin Hart, who was literally the top comedian at that time. Maybe yeah. still is. I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah, you need to bring people in. You need to have a recognizable person kind of leading the show that pops up from time to time, really keeps people engaged. Yeah. The problem is no one wants to do it anymore. I don't care because it's I'm there. It's a thankless job. It is. You get it ripped is. apart for it. Like, very few people want to do it. I mean, Billy Crystal did it, what, like? nine ten times mm-hmm. i don't think we're ever gonna have someone who does it that much no no again like 
No, I mean, I agree. And, like, you're right. It is a thankless job. Um, and as, like, someone who loves movies, I don't really care if there's a host or not. But I get it for an audience attraction mm-hmm. why you need to have a host. I mean, I think, honestly, they need to reunite James Franco and Anne Hathaway. That was one of the best hosted Oscars of my lifetime. I'm going to. I'm pretty I will, sure Anne Hathaway will die like PTSD on that hill. from that, so I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but. Uh, that was a shit show. That was fun to watch. And I, it was a shit I show. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the awkwardness of it, though. It was so uncomfortable. She was trying so hard. Yeah. And he was not. And, he and was, it was so uncomfortable. Franco was having fun, man. But no one, like, he was having fun. Like, it was Cause it's probably disrespectful a lot of to her, the way he True. acted. And from what I've read from behind the scenes, he was disrespectful to her on many levels. That's a shame. I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess, like, they when they were rehearsing stuff, she said something about, like, oh, you know, like, try something this way. And he was like, don't tell me how to be funny. Oh. So. Ooh. <laughs> like, Ooh. I mean, I think James Franco is a giant That's asshole. Right. So none of that, like, surprises me. Yeah, I don't me think a lot of people would disagree with you on that note. I just would imagine it'd be a lot of pressure, and I think he was, like, trying to play it off cool, you know? Yeah. Because, man, I would not want to be in that position. No. Stuck between a rock and a hard place. Oh, no, that was 127 hours. I'm sorry. Never mind. No, yeah. <sighs> okay. You want to, like, insert a laugh track in there? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs it? They're laughing. <laughs> right, guys? Right? Right? Crickets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just make a cricket noise. I don't know. Make your cricket noise. Okay. That's enough. Guys, that was not an inserted effect. That was actually my noise. So. You want to talk about some winners and non-winners now? Sure. All right. Just be negative again. I'm not going to be negative. I will say I was very happy that Emerald Fennell won for Best Original Screenplay. That was like my big want of the night. I wanted her to win, and she did, and she gave one of the best acceptance speeches. So why do you, if you don't mind me interrupting, why did you want her to win Best Original Screenplay? Because that movie was my favorite movie of the year, and I okay. wanted it to win. I knew it wasn't going to win Best Picture. For sure. For sure. I, w- I wanted to know if it's like because you like her a lot. Because obviously, I know you, you haven't read the screenplay. You right. haven't read it amongst four other screenplays. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm just curious. No one who votes reads it. I know. What a weird fucking category, right? <laughs> But no, that's why I was curious. Is it just like the personality, the love for the person, you know, like, mm-hmm. I guess. And I think it's exciting for someone for like, this is her feature film debut. I think that's exciting for her to win. Like, I love Aaron Sorkin. I'm a huge Aaron Sorkin stan. But he's also, you know, got an Oscar. And were, were they against one another? Yeah, they were both original. Oh, okay. My bad. I was thinking he was adapted for some reason. Mm-mm. I don't think he, he, he based it off true events, but I don't think it's based off of like a book or anything. Gotcha. No, 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 for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I love him, but. Yeah. He has an Oscar. His career doesn't need an Oscar. You know what I mean? So. A hundred percent. You know who else's career doesn't need an Oscar? We'll get to it later. <laughs> I'm sorry. We shall. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I was very excited about that. I was very excited. Um. Yu Jung Yoon winning for yeah. a supporting actress who awesome That's, gave my favorite speech. Yes, <laughs> like such a great speech. Like, guys, take a fucking note out of her book, page out of her book. <laughs> Don't take her notes; they're there for her to remember. But take a page out of her book and just seriously, she killed it. She did. She was thankful and funny. Mm-hmm. 
what more could you ask for? Yes. She was berating Brad Pitt for not being there while they were shooting. Yes. Which is fun. It's hilarious. He was a producer on their movie, but. Yes. Oh my God. Again, I don't know why he wasn't out there building up that barn after. (laughs) uh, No spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's a perfect place. If you need, if you need Brad Pitt in a movie, just have him build a barn and. uh, And then, and then save you somehow. Save you somehow. Save a person of color in some way. Yes. That's what he's there for. Yep. Who else? Do you want to talk about any winners you were excited about? Uh, I mean, Chloe Zhao. I wore, I wore my oh, Chloe yes. Zhao shirt. He did. Like, I was representing her all night. Um, Second woman ever to win Best Director. Yeah. First woman of color. First Asian woman. Big big deal. History. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was excited to see Nomadland win Best Picture. Kind of nervous maybe it wouldn't for a while. Um sound of metal i was super happy to see do well um and like we, we already mentioned kind of thomas Vinterberg. like i was i was really happy to see him get celebrated with another round uh not winning best picture but wait what am i saying it wasn't nominated for best picture yeah it wasn't nominated for best picture no he was sorry he was nominated for best director yes. so i liked i knew that wasn't going to happen that's what it was i knew that wasn't going to happen but i was happy to see him be able to get up there and celebrate his movie Yes. It's quite the celebration. It's a good joke for Thomas Vinterberg fans. So okay. uh, they'll, they'll be happy. I'm sure they're laughing. <laughs> God, I can't do cricket. Um, yeah, those are the, those are the big things that kind of stand out for me as like the winner. I mean, I was happy for like a lot, you know. I was, yeah, there was no, there weren't many that I was really like upset about. Um, there were a few surprises, I guess, just off of like what the odds were from some places. Like, sure. Um, you know, her, I was excited for her to win for yeah, that song. Yeah. It wasn't what was predicted really anywhere no. that I saw, but Although, just going off the performances in the pre-show, I will say her was the best. So. And I, and I would, I, yeah, I didn't see the Husevic one, but I, I would have fully agree with that. Um, although do you remember how angry I got when I found out she was 21? She's like 23. Is it 23? Oh, whatever. 20 she was 21 th- when she won her Grammy. Sure. So now she's 23. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 21 when she wins album of the year. <laughs> And 23 when she wins a fucking Oscar. I'm 31 recording a podcast that... Uh, yeah, that's not her fault, though. <laughs> <laughs> but we just talk about other people. Um, and no. also, she looked amazing. She looked little, so like, good. Prince tribute outfit. She looked amazing. so good. It was it was, it was was insane. Yes. I like loved her outfit. Though it's Spe- easier to pull things off when you're 23. Speaking of outfit, <laughs> were you going to get to fashion at all? If you want me to talk well, about fashion... Well, well, we spoke of her like great dress, but there was mm-hmm. a certain male look that you really, I, I don't know if you want to give a shout out Oh yeah, out my to. favorite male look of the night was Lakeith Stanfield rocking a jumpsuit, which I loved. I just forgot who it was designed by, <laughs> but it was great. It's either Gucci or Louis Vuitton, I don't remember. But it's just so exciting because I feel like for like decades, literal always... <laughs> When men have to get dressed up for something, it's like, oh, you put on a tux. And sometimes you put on a gray tux or a white tux. And, oh, aren't you so avant-garde in a non-black tux? But I'm saying men, you can <laughs> wear... black, how avant-garde. <laughs> you can wear fun things. You don't have to look like a corporate banker when you dress up. You can experiment with your fashion and still be manly and still look cool, still be chic, and have fun. What would you have me wear if I went to the Oscars? Did you see what Coleman Domingo was wearing? 
I don't even know the, who you just said. The bright pink tux. <laughs> <laughs> no, who's Coleman Domingo? He was in uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about, but I I don't know. I don't recall seeing his his tux. Okay. I'm more actually thinking of him in the uh, in uh, the Spirit Awards. Did he make an appearance in the Spirit Awards that are? I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, yeah. Yeah. A lot of that cast was nominated there, but. But yeah, he looked great. Okay. I don't know what I'd have you wear. Probably uh, the the answer is a tux. So that that was the point I was getting to is not everybody can pull off what Lakeith Stanfield pulled off. Okay. I mean, sure, but you know who can more than like normal people? Celebrities. Celebrities, movie stars. So like they can do it. <laughs> I get. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I couldn't pull off half the looks the women were wearing either. Sure. So. I mean, I I disagree. I mean, that's. That's sweet, but it's incorrect. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't pull off a pink jumpsuit. That's all I know. That's pink, probably pink fair. Um, where were we at before I got you? <laughs> we were talking about winners we were happy about. Yeah, you but wanna... you mentioned something about fashion, and so I went. Oh, because I was talking about her. Oh, I her, said. yes. Okay. Oh, but also, like, also Zendaya looked amazing if we're going to talk oh, about yeah, fashion. Oh, yeah, for sure. Full on, like, share homage, which I'm always down for a share moment at the yeah. Oscars, obviously. So, or anywhere. Anywhere someone wants to channel share, I'm there for it. Okay. Okay, back to the actual. <laughs> okay. Uh, Winners, losers. Do you want to talk about the the award you were most upset over who won? Who you literally yelled about in my parents' home? Like I was excited? No, you were upset that they won. You I were so upset they won. that you swore and yelled. I've well, it wasn't as traumatic, or maybe I, I blocked it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> i've blocked it what who remind me of what it is uh best cinematography you're upset oh about. yeah fucking eric whatever dude not no man land not no man land you got these basic ass oscar voters see something in black and white and they're like ooh, yeah that wins like oh, that fucking cinematography was so stiff and stale i hated it i'm sorry yeah, he I was much. I, I thought I he was gonna help. have more. I thought you were gonna have more anger because you were very angry about it the night of. I'm angry because he didn't. He didn't deserve. Like I, because the the buildup was during the week. I was like, Devin, I I think Mank might take it. You know what I mean? But then I, mm-hmm. I had hope. I had hope. I mean, I and didn't think are. it was gonna win. Although then I was hearing other places like black and white does do well i guess it does no it does cinematography category it always does no it really legitimately always does um or lately kind of there's been a kick if like there's a ton of cgi like you know what i mean there's like all Mm -hmm. if it's experimental which to a degree mank is actually experimental in its cinematography. i think it's like shot at 6k that you know they did record in color and they actually refined the colors because then when you Drop the saturation of black and white. You get more detail. You know, they 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 did a lot of things. They did do a lot of things. But, like, that, I don't think there was truly something special about that movie. I don't. Again, we talked about, like, the audio was made to sound like it was a movie in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. But the image is, like, the crispest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, there's this weird, uncanny like a disconnect yeah there's a disconnect with it and i don't appreciate if the movie was like four three or academy ratio Mm -hmm. maybe now we're getting interesting but it's like this relaxed audio with this 
high de- extreme high definition, ultra high definition, widescreen, black and white frame. I don't know, man. The whole thing just didn't add up for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just rambling now. That's okay. So that was the one you were most upset about. Were there any other ones you were upset about? No. One? No. Cool. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, so. surprise for like Frances McDormand. Yeah, I was definitely surprised that Frances McDormand won for Best Actress. Um, I mean, I think I I didn't see her predicted to win anywhere. Really? No. Yeah. Um, and really, in like the. At the end, you know, in the weeks leading up to the Oscars, I think the narrative was definitely becoming that Viola Davis was going to win. Yeah. For Ma Rainey. Um, that did not happen, obviously. I was personally pulling for Carrie Mulligan. I thought she gave an amazing performance. She didn't win. Frances McDormand won her third Oscar, which is really insane to think yeah. about that. She has as many Oscars as Meryl Streep. Yeah. And uh, and works less. <laughs> works a lot less. Yeah, you know, nominated a lot less times. Her her win to loss ratio is much higher than yeah. Meryl's. <laughs> uh, is she three for three? Like, how many times has she been nominated outside of winning? I don't know. That's a good question. I have no idea. <laughs> she three for three? That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. I don't know. I'd have yeah, to it's up. really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And especially like, and we discussed this. Kind of mentioned it briefly before, but like, she didn't seem very happy about it, which just kind of brings me down. Yeah, I think, well, okay, so I think she wasn't expecting to win, and so when, no, and because of the structured Best Picture ended up happening before Best Actress, so she kind of spoke when they won for Best Picture and did, like, a speech then about going back to theaters and, you know, that, and so I think she had used up what she was going to say in that speech. Okay. So when she got up there for Best Actress, I think she was just like, okay, thanks, you know. But just... And also, I mean, she hasn't shown up to any other award yeah, show. Yeah, no, for leading sure. Up to this, she's done. I would imagine no campaigning. I don't think you know, like I don't think yeah. that she's uh, put a lot of work into this Oscars campaign, which is also kind of frustrating. I think probably to the some other nominees that did. Well, that's a weird, that's a weird street to go down to. I kind of hate that whole side of things, you know. I mean, I know you do, but it's also just like a reality of the situation. I know. It's a sad reality. It is, and it goes to show that it's not necessarily needed. <laughs> In the case of maybe. Frances McDormand, like I think that sometimes you have a more like romantic idea of what the Oscars should be—that it should like purely just be like a merit-based system. And I think that is a lovely romantic <laughs> idea, but I just don't think that's like the reality. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no. Okay. There's a lot of politics that go into the Oscars. And I think, I mean, that's what our whole podcast is about. Like the Academy rarely does get things right the first time around and for or like second, third, fourth. I'm saying around. maybe they would get things right if it wasn't all political campaigning. I mean, Why, maybe, but like. Maybe we were saying they got the wrong movie done, but that movie gave more people gifts or invited them to more screenings or more dinners. Like doesn't mean it's the best movie. That's true. But I also like. Uh, I was listening to somewhere. I think it was on Little Gold Men, but they were saying that... Uh, we don't promote other Oscars podcasts on the show. I mean, if you listen to this and don't listen to that, I don't know what you're doing because they're <laughs> like a better Oscars podcast. But like... Um, Ma Rainey, clearly the Academy voters did not like Ma Rainey because it didn't get nominated for Best Picture. It didn't get nominated for Best Director. It didn't get nominated for Screenplay. Or, I mean, it won 
the the costume and the hair and makeup awards but i think maybe it shouldn't have been so surprising that the two lead actors who everyone kind of thought was going to win and didn't end up because clearly you know the academy did not like that movie very much it seems mm-hmm. so that, and that's an interesting point to get all these other nominations but not best picture not best screenplay not right. best editing did it get best editing actually? i don't think so nomination i mean yeah so I, I don't know that they were not fans and it's just kind of and it I don't know I feel like now the conversation after because people were expecting Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman to win the story the next day becomes they didn't win and it becomes it's hard to not look at it in the larger context of the Oscars it's hard to not look at this and say okay so after 93 years we still have one black, two black men that have won Best Actor and one black woman who has won Best Actress mm-hmm. ever. And it's hard to like not look at that in the larger context. And yes, if you want to look at it in the smaller contexts, you know, I'm not... Francis McDormand did give a very good performance. I think Anthony Hopkins gave an amazing performance. I don't discredit that at all. But it's just hard to look at that in the larger context and not have those conversations about like, what is the issue? Why can't the Academy give wins in the lead acting categories to black people. Like what is that block? You yeah, know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. Cause I mean, I think, I think in this, cause you know where I stand on this, where it's like, I don't believe in giving an acting award posthumously. So mm-hmm. like, not to say like, I guess that's where kind of maybe my faith lied is that's what people also thought. I didn't even think about it as a race thing, which is on me. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just assumed again it was the posthumous like thing. I think Viola Davis was placed in an odd category. I think she would have stood a far better chance if she was in Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. But I know what you're saying because that that's part of the problem too, right? Right. But it almost seems like giving her lead was just but a chance to fit her better. In a she her her Oscar isn't supporting actress. No, I know for a role that is a lead role, but they put her in supporting so that she could get the Oscar. Oh no you know, shit! That, I mean, I haven't seen Fences, but that's what I've heard. Oh yes. okay, okay, interesting. Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't think about like the the political nature of that. But how much too is this also a problem where the Oscars is the final award show of the season? Right. So if everything else rolls up, neat little bows, if that's where the expectation truly comes from, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just because he's won every other freaking thing besides the Spirit Awards, but only because he won the BAFTA. Oh, with the BAFTA too. Anthony. Who won the BAFTA? Anthony. Oh, Anthony Hopkins. Okay. What I'm just saying, there was a lot of. Everybody, you know, Golden Glows, everybody knows, uh, not Don't SAGs count. necessarily, <laughs> but like that kind of like most people just hear about the Globe. That's the Globes and Oscars are what they put on the movie covers. You know what right. I mean? The, the DVD slips, <laughs> the whatever. Yeah, no one is like, they won the Cleveland City Critics Exa- Circle yes, Award. 100%. But, um, but yeah, I guess I just kind of considered it like like that, not necessarily yeah, a I mean, race problem. I think that it is a, I mean, it is, it's one of those things that you can look at it microly and it's like, okay, you know, in this year, this person had more momentum or whatever, but it's just like when you look at it in the bigger thing, it's like, this is clearly an issue and who knows what that issue is at the root of it, but well, it's racism, I suppose is the root of it, but (laughs) um, moving over to the Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins race. I think 
I don't know. I think it's so complicated because I think like a lot of people put obviously the the awards themselves put a lot of stock in the fact that he was going to win. And I think people were expecting him to win. And so now with Anthony Hopkins winning, which again, I think that Anthony Hopkins gave an absolutely incredible career defining performance in a career that was already stellar, you know? And so I don't fault him for having Oscar, but then I know it kind of just feels like that win is always going to have like an asterisk next to it. Like in his acceptance speech the next morning, he kind of like had to apologize. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. He basically, well, he basically was just like, I didn't expect to win this. And like Chadwick Boseman, we lost you too soon. And you were, um, I don't remember everything said. It was very nice. Fucking chant. Yeah. So, yeah, I just feel like there's like that just becomes the story, and it becomes the story even more because they saved the category for last. Yeah, but no, that's yeah, I think that's where they really messed up. And I do think Chadwick Boseman was an amazing actor, and it is tragic that he died so young. And it would have been nice if you could have said, you know, Oscar winner Chadwick Boseman. But at the end of the day, this role in my rainy's Black Bottom is not the role that he's going to be remembered for, Mm-mm. regardless. And I think it's also like important too. like I was listening to this James Dean who made three movies and is internationally renowned also lost posthumously twice <laughs> he did not win an Oscar two times after he died and that did not tarnish his legacy in any way and I don't think right. not winning this Oscar is going to tarnish Chadwick Boseman's legacy in any way I think it would have sure. been nice to honor him but I also think he's still going to be remembered and still be an important part of movie history forever. Absolutely. Very well said. So, yeah. Do you want to say anything else? No. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good note. All right. So, yeah, those were our thoughts on the 93rd Oscars. Should we just end it like the Oscars did? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, bye. Thank you, bye. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it was an interesting show, to say the least. It was. And I think next year, um, I mean, next year, I think it's going to be more of a return to form in a lot of ways, because I think there's a lot of like bigger blockbustery movies that have been sitting on the shelf and for a two year. two musicals. Two musicals. So someone's like, Next At least year, two, I should, should the Oscars open with like a dance off between the In the Heights cast and the West Side Story? Oh cast. my God! Yes. And I'm like, and now that's all I want to happen. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I think we'll be back to spectacle in the Dolby stage next year. For sure. This will just be a weird little side note. And we might even see Jimmy Kimmel or <laughs> Little Del Rey. <laughs> that's not it. That's not it. Unless it's a new person who comes along <laughs> in the next year. It's just amazing. And he hosts the Oscars. Yeah. But yeah. That's it. You always wrap this up. Why are you <laughs> looking at me? I don't know. Because I don't know what to say. Like, I don't have anything You're like, else. we came in on. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to put music on No. This? Okay. Then there's <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, next week, we are back to our regular schedule. We have... Two more episodes to finish out this season, so we'll be back on track next week with our supplemental episode for 2003, um, talking about Talk to Her, Adaptation. What was the third movie we watched, Kyle? Uh, uh, Talk to Her was whose choice? I don't remember. 
adaptation was your choice. Yes. So I think I'm forgetting my choice. Because I think we just talked to her because that was best foreign language. Oh, yeah, it was your choice. It was Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. So those are the movies we talk about next week. P.T. Anderson. And then uh, the week after that is our season finale. So thank you for joining us on this little detour to talk about current Oscars. And we'll be back to the old stuff next week. Bye.